And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to episode 94. I actually knew the number this time when we were starting off. How do you like that? It's like I've almost done my homework or something like that. Um, this is a big Q&A episode, so we've got the raffle going on right now. It will not be wrapping up today, so I've had some good entries, and actually I've got more messages from people than I will probably use today. So I may save some of those for Monday, um, but I want to put in a big push, and let's, let's get a bunch coming in over the weekend. Let's make Monday's episode a big-ass one with a bunch of questions. So once again, I'm soliciting your contributions for questions for this, and I'd love to have them verbally. So call the call-in number, 865-518-2974. Go to thedropset.com or fivestarphysique.com and click on The Drop Set, and you will see on the page there that says, hey, this is my podcast, and here's the call-in number. And if you go there from your phone, the link is clickable. You don't have to pull up your computer. You don't have to like remember the number or anything. It's just right there. Click on it and place a call uh, and uh, leave a message and be heard. Um, and you know what? Uh, I've had a couple people say that they were afraid to call in. Like, I just don't want to sound stupid. And, you know, I had uh, I had somebody um, who said that. I uh, That person, he or she, will remain anonymous for right now. Um, they sent me an email and said, I just don't want to sound stupid. I'm like, I turn on the microphone and I sound stupid for almost an hour at a time twice a week. So come on, give me some company. You know, you can sound stupid. I don't care. Nobody else cares either. And I mean, you probably won't, but if you do sound stupid, it'll just let everybody else know that it's okay. And then they can do it too. So, you know, somebody opened the floodgates, but so far everything that I've received sounds perfectly fine by my ears. I have no concerns about any of it. So, um, Everything's good. So we got some good questions here today. Um, a quick weekly recap for me. It is Friday. I'm going to post um, uh, the full weekly um, update. I've been doing that on Facebook as a Facebook exclusive video. I'm actually going to start uploading it to YouTube because why not? Um, let's save these things. On Facebook, they get lost in the feed. On YouTube, there will be a playlist for it so people can go back and you know, watch uh, you know, a, a year in the life of me one weekly update at a time if they were so inclined. I mean, that might be really boring, and I can think of a lot better ways to spend a day, like, I don't know, trying to slit your wrists or something like that. That might be a little bit more productive. But nonetheless, if you wanted to, the option will be there. So those are going to be on YouTube, so I'll cross-post those all over the place as well. So the full update will be there, uh, but just to give everybody a little recap since Monday here, um, things feel a lot more normal this week. Um, I, I had a post that just went up on Instagram, and my caption for that said, um, what was it? It said, rested, rebalanced, and refocused, which is uh, just about right. So um, I took this last weekend off pretty much completely, um, and then the, the week shook out like this. Monday was um, shoulders. Tuesday was arms, and Tuesday night was a cheat meal, scheduled, planned. Um, Wednesday then led into back, and uh, that was my first day off from fasted cardio um, because I wanted to get the calories from the cheat meal in there, and then rather than start to burn through those um, on cardio, I just kind of wanted to let everything sit in my system a little bit, so I had breakfast, went and crushed a really good back workout, and then did some post-workout cardio after that, um, and then took Thursday off. Yesterday was off. Um, so I'm going to be taking one weekend day and one weekday off. 
um, each week. So um, coach has me lifting five days a week. She wants me to take two rest days. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll see how it goes. So um, I did fasted cardio yesterday, no lift. And man, I tell you, that day was delightful uh, because I was really efficient with work. Um, I got a chance to just kind of, you know, go about my business. I was at home all day. I don't think I left the house until the evening. And then had uh, the second cheat meal of the week scheduled for last night. And so took advantage of that. The third one will be this coming weekend. So that's the current protocol coach has me on. We're keeping macros fairly low, but working in a few um, regular cheat meals to help deal with cravings, etc. And I've been doing a pretty good job on the numbers. So um, not going totally ham on the cheat meals on the last night. I just did not feel like I could eat enough. Like we went out... um, uh, we were picking up somebody from the airport and then taking them to dinner. And uh, I mean, the airport's like 15 minutes from the house, so it's no big deal. Um, and then we were getting there right around five o'clock traffic. So it just kind of made sense. Hey, let's eat somewhere around here rather than try and fight traffic coming back through and, um, bringing, bringing him in, into town and dropping him off. So, um, we, uh, we went to a place by the airport and, uh, <laughs> they bring bread to the table. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll do that. And then let's order an appetizer. So I got me some fried pickles, like burger and fries, please. Let's do that. Give me a side salad as well. Yep. Okay, cool. Oh, dessert. Sure. Let's do that. Um, and I mean, <laughs> it's not one of those things where a little while after dinner, I was like, Hmm, okay. I could, it's like, as we were leaving, I'm like, I- I'm still hungry. I can still eat that's it that's all we got okay and also um i had a beer which was the first one of those i've had in probably about five and a half months so that was delightful and you know i'm good for about one beer at a time um i know a lot of people that can drink like i had four five six beers i don't know how you do that i don't know how you fit that in your stomach especially on top of food um but uh it was delightful. It was a really good night. And so I woke up this morning absolutely starving. <laughs> um, and actually, um, I, I said I was rested, but man, I slept through my alarm. So I'm sleeping like a champ these days, which is kind of nice. Um, slept through my alarm. So I missed fasted cardio, which was a bummer because my goal was to hit that and then go do legs and come home. So instead, I slept through that, ate, went and did legs and then did post-workout cardio for the same duration instead, which sucked. But um, good burn there. My Fitbit has me on track. Oops, I forgot to forgot to tell it that we were no longer doing fast, no longer doing post workout cardio. So it thinks I've been doing it for two hours and fifty minutes. That's going to impact my uh, burn for the day a little bit. So yeah, it says I'm close to my caloric target already. <laughs> Not quite, I don't think. Um, but uh, yeah, and then let's see today. Today's Friday, so tomorrow will be Saturday chest workout, and then going down to. Um, my wife's parents' house will be doing some cleanup down there. The house is empty, so um, we'll be doing a little bit of packing, sorting, organizing, that kind of stuff. The next step is to get that ready for an estate sale. Um, and then Sunday will be a rest day and probably cheat meal number three to close out the week. So um, check in with Coach tomorrow. We'll see what she says. Hopefully no big change in plans regarding cheat meals. Hopefully macros going up a little bit. Fingers crossed for that. We'll see how it goes. Um, I've been staying off the scale, um, at least not every day. I checked it um, yesterday, and I was down seven pounds from last time I checked it. So, um, you know, without trying to kill myself or anything like that, just doing modest cardio and just not eating like a jackass, things have kind of regulated a little bit. So I'm back down to about 207, 208. So I was up at about 215 <laughs> um, towards the end of my uh, my rough week. So things have really kind of stabilized there. So anyway, that's, uh, that's me. So let's do this. Um, let's go ahead and, oh, one other thing about the cheat meal last night. 
So we went to this place and, you know, we've got our hostess server and, you know, it's, we were there from like 5.30 till almost 7.30 and the place was like a ghost town the whole time, which was too bad because they were overstaffed. So there were people walking around that didn't have anything to do. So one of the guys, I don't know if he was like an assistant manager or whatever, older guy in his fifties. Um, and he, so I'm, I'm wearing one of my, one of my fitted tees, one of my five star physique tees. Um, and, uh, take my jacket off just cause I'm like, they, they sat us next to a space heater actually, because I think there was a draft from whenever somebody would open the front door, which nobody was coming in. So it didn't really happen much. Um, but I'm like, I just can't wear my jacket here. I, I do tend to get cold, but I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit warm here. So, uh, took my jacket off. And so like 10 minutes in this guy who is not our server or anything like that makes a point to come by. He's like, Oh, you know, making all these comments. I'm like, I, I just... I feel for the people that are actually big, like guys that actually look like legit bodybuilders, um, like, you know, pro level bodybuilders that are 240, 250, 260, 280 pounds. Um, like the amount that the comments that they get or women, um, who are bodybuilders, the comments that you all must get as well. Um, cause I, you know, with my jacket on, I could absolutely pass for a normal guy who maybe, I mean, maybe looks like a CrossFitter or something like that. Um, but I, I take my jacket off and I mean, let's be clear. I'm, I'm six foot. I'm like 208 pounds. Now I'm not a huge guy. Okay. <laughs> but you know, apparently big enough that this guy's like, Oh, and he wants to talk about everything. I'm like, I'm trying to have a conversation here with people. Um, and in, you know, to be clear also, I talk about, you know, bodybuilding and people's physiques and training and dieting for a living. I don't want to do that right now. I'm off the clock. So go fuck yourself, please, is what I wanted to say. But instead, I humor him. And that was my biggest mistake, because then he comes by like every 10 minutes and makes some other comment. Like I'm eating French fries. He's like, you know, those are going to cost you 50 pushups. Like, yeah, <laughs> go fuck yourself right in the ass, dude. You know, just shut the hell up. Oh, my God. I was... I, I was really letting him get under my skin. He was just trying to be all playful. And like, first of all, you're interrupting this conversation here. It's not like we weren't talking or anything like that. We're having a nice free flowing conversation. He just butts in with his asinine bullshit. And like, oh my God, I, I was livid. <laughs> my wife could sense it. She's like patting me on the leg. She's like, breathe. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, and then I ordered a dessert and he saw that coming. He's like, you know, that's going to cost you 50 push-ups and 50 sit-ups. I'm like, it's going to cost you 50 throat punches if you say one more fucking word, dude. Oh, man. So I, I've explained my, my, my thoughts on, on profanity here. Like only when called for. Boy, it, it was really called for right there. So anyway, um, little little story for you. So uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break um, for social media promotion. Um, and I strongly encourage, by the way, if you're not following me on social media, hit me up. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Pinterest, YouTube. Lots of content going up there. All of it's getting funneled into the website as well. So if you click on five, or if you go to fivestarphysique.com, on the front page, there's a little horizontal ticker that scrolls that has my latest five posts. So you'll find recipes, workout programs, training related articles, general posts about other topics as well. So um, typically, there's anywhere between three and five um, updates going up per week. In addition to the podcast episodes are always posted there as well. So lots of stuff going on worth checking out. I strongly recommend you do that. So let's take a quick pause here. We'll come back and dive into your questions. 
Darren on Instagram at Darren underscore star to see client profiles, updated workout plans, and tips and tricks on training and nutrition. And we are back. I had somebody ask me, like, why do you, why do you pretend like you're pausing for commercial breaks? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not pretending. Um, I'm actually like legitimately taking a break. So uh, part of it is I have really bad vocal technique. Um, I speak from my throat and not from my diaphragm, which I should really learn how to fix that. But instead, what I try to do is avoid talking for an hour straight. So I try to break things up a little bit and not record all in one fell swoop. But record like that intro was about, what, 12 minutes? Um, and now we're doing this segment here, which will probably be the rest of the show. But it just give me a chance to break things up a little bit. That's the idea there. So um, let's see here. A few questions that were not submitted verbally, but rather through social media, which is totally fine, but does not enter you into uh, win in the raffle. So <laughs> that's my uh, that's my way to get people to, to do what I want. I'm trying to funnel everybody in through voicemails because I think it's way more interesting when we hear other listeners. So um, Lisa had questions about water intake. Like why is water intake, we all know that we got to do it, but why is it important with respect to bodybuilding? Um, what laws does it play in, in, what role does it play in fat loss or muscle gain? That's a tough one to answer. So somebody who has a, uh, a PhD in organic chemistry would probably be more qualified to answer that. What I can say, and this is, so um, again, my, my whole uh, my approach is to, you know, try and understand the science, but not get too buried into it and not, uh, just go the total bro science route, but also pick elements of that intelligently that have, um, a reasonable and practical application to what we're doing here. So trying to find the common ground there. So um, I, I am not the guy to give you a thoroughly detailed science-based explanation on why. But what I can tell you is, as bodybuilders, first and foremost, we can, um, I think, pretty safely call ourselves athletes. And as such, our needs are different. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, fluid loss. Um, you know, we, we sweat a good bit on an average day. You know, we're doing cardio, we're doing a lift. If you're doing it right, then yeah, I mean, you should be... Uh, you should be losing some fluids via sweat. So part of it is to replenish that, but also um, part of it is um, to aid in digestive performance as well. So um, your gut or specifically your intestines, the solid liquid balance of stuff in there as we try to get waste out of the system um, has to be such that things can actually move. So fiber intake is important for that, but fluid intake is important for that as well. Um, Muscles get saturated with fluids as well. So, um, you know, one of the things, especially when I'm low carb, um, one of the things that I like to do is increase my water intake because um, when you do that, it just helps um, uh, with fluid mobility and helps, you know, get, get a pump so that you can feel things a little bit better. So um, it, if my water intake is off like it was for peak week, um, you know, deliberately so, um, pumps were harder to come by for sure. And you can make up some of that with carbs, like on the day of the shoot, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing a little pump up um, beforehand, um, and then I'm, I'm performing movements during the shoot as well. I'm eating during the shoot as well, and then I was afraid to smile because I'm like, I got shit stuck in my teeth, I'm sure, um, but doing that instead of fluid. So it helps with that. Um, and the other thing that uh, the part B of Lisa's question was... Um, some believe that water should not be consumed when eating, that it can hinder digestion. Is there anything to that or is it bro science? I'm a believer in that. Um, not uh, to the point of 
oh, shoot, I just had a sip of water, so now I need to wait another eight minutes before I can eat. Um, but I do try to cut off my water intake five to ten minutes before eating and then let the, the food sit in there for five to ten minutes after I'm done before I resume with fluid intake after that. Um, I, I have found, and this um, came from uh, a coach that I had previously who was, um, boy, you know, that, that that should be another episode where I go over all the coaches that I've had previously and some of the bullshit that they came up with. Um, this particular guy, I'm not ready to call out anybody by name yet, um, but uh, he, uh, man, he was like Mr. Supplements. Like the, the amount of stuff that he recommended was like $450 a month just in over-the-counter supplements. It's like, holy shit. Um and his, his plan, the way that he wrote it out, so it was all just like in an email, like typed out, here it is, um, it was just so devoid of detail. I'm like, I have four pages of questions for you because this is just so haphazardly thrown together. That's uh, like, what? I have so many questions, so many things that are just not covered in any level of detail whatsoever, We're making a lot of assumptions. I'm like, you know, I do this for a living. I don't understand some of the acronyms that you're using here. So help me out. Um, but one of the things that he said, and it kind of it kind of put this in my head, and I've I've kind of followed it off and on since then. And have I noticed much of a difference? Um, when I'm more mindful of it, yeah, um, I think I have. I think I have. Um, it's just things seem to move through my body and through my system a little bit more efficiently um, and a little bit more predictably. Um, but he said, you know, no water intake, 10 minutes pre or post food. And uh, I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Um, so I, I am a believer in that. I am also not one to say you must do that. But I would say give it a shot and, you know, draw your own conclusions. But I, I am personally a believer in that, yes. Um, so let's see, Dwayne um, from the UK, who can't call in, fair enough. Um, similarly, I'm not going to ship anything to the UK. So, <laughs> um, His question was regarding overcoming gym confidence issues and being worried about free weights, only lifting light weights, etc. So yeah, so gym confidence issues, this is a big one. And, and I, I encounter this a lot, and I was thinking about it today as I looked around the gym when I was in there um, grinding out my post-workout cardio, and... I'm like, you know what? And I, I go to a gym that's moderately hardcore. A um, lot of competitors go in there. But boy, there, there's people from all walks of life in there. And I would say probably 50 to 60% of the people that were in there when I did a quick glance around the room would probably be people that you would say were, you know, out, out of shape or actively trying to get in, in shape um, for either the first time or, you know, m maybe just regain some of their conditioning or something like that. But not people that you would say like, wow, they work out, um, but people that are trying to get there. So um, first of all, if you have gym confidence issues, just understand that you are probably part of a population that is much larger than you suspect it is. Um, the people that tend to make you think about those confidence issues. The people like, you know, I, I've been told that I am intimidating in the gym, which makes me laugh out loud. I mean, I, I have whatever the male equivalent of resting bitch face is. I know that. I'm also an introvert, so I avoid eye contact with everybody, which makes me probably seem like an asshole. And I guess I look like one too, just because I've got a serious face. But then, you know, there are a few guys like I'll they'll come up and talk to me and I'm all smiles and laughs um, just because I I know them so um, but I've been I've been told by by some people that um, that I'm 
I, I look fairly intimidating in the gym, but you know, that is not me. You know, my thing is I, I'm about me. I'm focusing on me, and I honestly don't really care what anybody else is doing, as long as you know we're not in each other's way. And if we are, let, let's talk like human beings and say, "Hey, are you here? Oh, okay. Well, can I work in with you?" It's I'm, you know. I am as nice as any person you'll ever meet, and I am as non-judgmental as any person you'll ever meet. But I probably look like a massive, absolute dick in the gym. So don't let your own internal biases that you have or may have um, play into how you feel about yourself. Um, so don't, don't make assumptions about other people, but also don't be worried about what other people think. And I tell you what, I, I still work on that. Like I am still, uh, I, I am conscious of what I am doing and how it will appear to other people. And I try not to be because honestly it doesn't matter. And as much as I want to say, I just don't care. Part of me does. So it is natural to, to have some of those confidence issues. I mean, I, I have, I have big time confidence issues in the gym. I just get in there and I get in the zone to an extent where I can kind of tune people out. And the more you can focus on tuning other people out and getting lost in what you're doing, the better off you will be. So I know that's really, really vague. Um, the big part of that is, um, you know, don't, don't make assumptions, uh, about other people. So, uh, and I, I try to do that and, uh, I find myself still doing it sometimes. And I also try to catch myself whenever that happens and kind of, uh, you know, figuratively smack myself in the face and say, Nope, stop it. That is not helpful for anybody. Um, what else did we have here? I'm not sure if there was anything else that was submitted here. Um, let's see. I posted a picture of my dog, and Tyler says he looks like the dog, Sid's dog from Toy Story. It's been so long since I've seen Toy Story, I don't remember that. Um, let's see, a lot of responses on the type of hoodie that we were going to get, and um, that's been decided. So if anybody missed that... Um, oh, oh, there, there was one that came in 13 minutes ago. Check this out. <laughs> Anne from Germany. All right. Hello, guten Tag. That's me. I, I took three years of German in high school. Um, I remember a little bit of it. Not a whole lot. Um, I would love to go back to Germany, so I had a reason to brush up on it, understanding that everybody in Germany speaks English, but nonetheless, I'd like to speak the language a little bit while I'm there. Um, that's on my list. Um, so here, th this is hot off the presses, fresh. I haven't had a, any kind of chance to think about this at all. Um, do you have to train your lower body in order to make your upper body grow? Um, and she's thinking about testosterone production, et cetera. Of course, in case of overall symmetry and conditioning, absolutely. And just asking since, oh, you broke your ankle and won't be able to train lower body for a while. Oh, no. Um, I have one word for you. Brazil. Seems a little weird, right? Um, there is a trend that started in Brazil and it is spreading outwards um, from there like a virus. And if you go online, you know, Instagram, you can find all these Brazilian women who have legs that are two and three times the size of mine, but from the waist up, doesn't look like they even lift at all. Um, they're lower body all the time. There's some kind of phenomenon where they think that that is a good look. And, um, I like how this is on the on the on the tail of me just saying that I'm not judgmental, but boy, it is not a good look. <laughs> I mean, it is it is not not a good look. But culturally, I don't I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what, but um, they just have these gigantic quads, 
ridiculously overdeveloped glutes and it's muscle. Okay. I mean, it's not implants. I mean, clearly there, there's some enhancement going on here as well, like performance enhancements, um, but they're just hardly training upper body at all. So, um, from the waist down, they look like, you know, potential Olympia competitors from the waist up. Um, they look like, you know, maybe somebody who works out a little bit. So, um, that being said, that that's an extreme version, but no, I'm, you know, you, you I would say long-term, it might have some issues, but if, you, if you've if you broken an ankle, that's not going to keep you out and keep you away from lower body training for long enough that it's going to really have a significant impact. I mean, yeah, you're going to be doing nothing for a little while, but you'll be back um, on your feet, pun intended, uh, before you know it. Um, so yeah, tra train upper body, make substitutions so you're not doing a lot of load-bearing standing movements like barbell rows or anything like that, but a lot of things with, you know, seated, with chest support, etc., um, machine work, that kind of stuff, uh, things where you can be stabilized and not have to, to bear any kind of load on that foot or that leg. Um, and just, you know, think of it this way, your legs have time to recover. Um, and don't rush back and say, well, okay, I can do some single leg work on the other side. No, you're just going to create imbalances doing that. So um, wait until both sides are good to go and then always work. I would actually strongly encourage um, a lot of bilateral work um, and, and, and let the ankle, you know, assuming, you know, once you've been cleared to go um, by your physician or surgeon, um, once you've been cleared for action and returned to duty, um, go to it with whatever um, directions they offer and uh, go with with exercises that use both legs so that you're working the muscles on both sides evenly, but you're letting that ankle be kind of the limiting factor um, rather than trying to say, okay, well, if it's the right ankle that's broken, well, I can work my left leg a little bit harder. You can, but you shouldn't. So, but no, long term, you will be fine for something like that. So no, uh, no issues there. But sorry to hear about the ankle, though, and a speedy recovery to you. So I certainly hope that that, uh, that gets taken care of and heals up quickly. Um, so let's jump in and uh, hit, a couple of, uh, hit a couple questions here and see what we got. Hey, Darren. It's uh, Josh from Virginia yet again. Um, so uh, my question is, uh, I'm about three months into uh, a growth phase right now, um, and so the, my coach and I currently have uh, a mini cut scheduled for around the February time frame, um, mainly due to uh, my active duty Air Force PT test that I have to take during that time frame. So the question is, so during a growth phase, how do you um, determine, you know, when it's time to maybe do a, a little mini cut to kind of bring the, the body fat back down a little bit um, and prime your body for the next phase uh, of growth? And then uh, once you do that, you know, how do you determine – you know, wh how long is that, uh, that mini cut going to last? You know, six weeks, eight weeks, what's the what right time frame? Because um, obviously you don't want to spend too much time uh, doing a cut while you're in that growth phase. Uh, so I'm three months in um, and starting to feel the body fat creep up a little bit, but um, not too horrible. Um, so just want to get your thought on that. Keep rocking, man. Later. So full disclosure, I just started grabbing these voicemails one by one randomly. And of course, Josh from Virginia, Mr. Co-host himself is the first one that jumps in here. So great question. I had somebody ask me um, in a, a check-in yesterday and they said, um, a, a client, they said, I've been here seeing a lot on social media about mini cuts. What's up with those? I'm like, huh, well, I, I knew I did those pretty frequently with, with clients. I wasn't sure that I wasn't aware that that was a big thing. So apparently it is. So, um, Good question, though. Good question. So clearly, it's a it's a hot topic. Apparently, um, 
uh, I was just oblivious to it being a hot topic, but it's good. It's good to have a discussion about it. So, um, the, let's let's take the the big picture answer first. How long should a mini cut be? And of course, <laughs> you know what the answer is here. So let's all say it together on three. One, two, three. It depends. Of course, it does. So, um, what is the ultimate? target? Um, what is the big thing on the calendar that we are working towards? Um, I guess if I was going to try to be as general as possible, the mini cut should be as short as it can be while still accomplishing the goal that we want it to, um, which is typically just clean things up, take a little bit of the edge off of some of the fluff that's accumulating here. So um, how long should it be? You know, I will typically program one for, you know, I've got a new client who's starting up today, for example. And so we, we start in on adaptation. He's been in a growth phase for a while. I'm going to start him in on a two-week mini cut just to kick things off, just because I want to clean things up a little bit, lose some water weight, get a slightly better look at where he's at when he's down five or six pounds from where he is now, and then take it from there. So that that's on the short end, and that's coming right out of the gate. So uh, Typically, if it's somebody that I'm working with, I'm not going to go for a mini cut unless it's something that's going to necessitate a four-week minimum cut. Um, as long as six to eight weeks, potentially. Much longer than that, I'm like, no, no. I mean, if we need a, a mini cut that's longer than six to eight weeks, we've got some serious problems, and we need to address those first, like program adherence and things like that. Because a, a, a generic off-season growth phase, if it's followed well, is not going to create enough body fat that's going to necessitate a cut that takes longer than six to eight weeks to clean up. So, um we need, we need to take a, take a look at uh, the, the behavior and the patterns that led to that being necessary. Um, so I always look at, you know, what is the ultimate target? Let's just say hypothetically it's a show that's in uh, August of next year. Um, I say that because that's what I'm contemplating right now. So we are um, at this point, uh, you know, you're looking at a, a mini cut for February, which is interesting because I... Uh, you know, if you're three months into a growth phase right now and you're looking at a mini cut that's going to start in like two months, I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think you could probably do something to fend off uh, any kind of a mini cut just by, you know, hey, what? You, you know, let, let's keep our macros up, but let's increase our cardio a little bit um, and just cycle some more calories through your system. Keep things relatively clean. Keep it tight. See if we can just maintain this growth phase throughout that whole duration. So um, that way we're not necessarily interrupting things. We still have, you know, a, a good amount of calories coming into the system. It won't be as high of a surplus because we're doing more cardio, so we have greater expenditure. But still, as long as they're timed correctly, as long as your um, workout intensity is where it needs to be, we can still grow that way. So um, so it seems it seems weird that it's already, unless I misunderstood, that it's already on the calendar for something when it's, when it's two months out. Um, when is it time to do it? Um, you know, I, I often, I, so I've got a certain aesthetic that I'm looking to maintain. And if somebody is, you know, like if I see some, some gut pooching out or et cetera, I'm going to be like, Hey, you know what? The, it might be a good time to start considering a mini cut. If, if things look like they're getting out of control, I'm, I don't go by numbers. I go by look on that. And conversely also, I will solicit feedback from clients. And one thing I often ask is, how are you feeling? How comfortable are you? Um, I think getting uncomfortable during a growth phase is kind of necessary to some extent, but to some extent. Um, 
and, and there's a uh, there's an upper limit on that. You know, somebody that I'm working with right now, we just started a mini cut last week um, because she said, you know, my my pants are starting to not fit and I can't afford to go out and buy all new pants. I'm like, all right, that's a pretty legit reason for me. So um, let's do it. And so that's going to be a four week mini cut. It also happens to coincide with his break between holidays, which is great. So then we'll wrap it up just in time for Christmas and you know, it, it'll be good. So we just have to survive the, the holiday season with parties, etc. Um, but uh, I think she can do it. So um, that, uh, that, that's my, that's my thought there. So um it, it shouldn't be something that requires, I mean, I would say four weeks is probably about right. If we get into six-week territory or even eight weeks, I'm like, what did we do? And then why is this, you know, oftentimes I, I might say, let's let's go with a, a four-week mini-cut here. And then um, four weeks into it, when we should be looking at turning the corner and we're not quite where I expected to be, I'm like, what is wrong? Um are, are, are things happening that are not being reported? You know, are there adherence issues that you're not reporting? Are you cheating on your diet? That kind of stuff. Those are things that start entering into my head because, you know, when you've been eating a lot, you're kind of priming and you've been, you know, eating a lot, you know, some good stuff, maybe some indiscretions here and there, but you've also been putting in the work. You're priming your body to be able to be ready for a, a typically a pretty good quick drop. So, um, I, I expect to see that when we're doing a mini cut usually. And if, if we don't see that, then uh, it, we kind of plateau right out of the gate. Like something is off. Um, and I don't know if it's training intensity, if it's accuracy in reporting, um, or, or what. So those are the kind of things that I'd be looking at. But great question. Great question. So um, let's, uh, let's go, uh, go with what's next. Hey, Darren. This is Emily from Oregon. Um, just calling about adjustments in the gym for somebody who's little and maybe can't push a lot of weight yet. One of the things I've noticed about um, like ascending threes or a workout where you're just going up a little bit of weight is some of the machines don't really lend themselves to that. And you have these little one pounder adjustments that you can make at my gym anyways. We have these like little one pounder adjustments, but it just doesn't seem like enough weight. But then when you go up the full plate, it's like I can't even move, move the weight stack. Um, so I don't know. Would you recommend going out and purchasing something that I can adjust the weight stacks with um, that I bring to the gym myself or or what other kind of things can we throw in there when uh, going up in weight is not really an option because what the weight that I'm at is doable with good form and the next weight up is just it's not even an option I can't even move it with <laughs> without hurting myself so I don't know uh, give me your thoughts Okay, kick ass, and thank you, Emily. If I was going to give an award for quality of question, um, I like that one a lot because this, this is going to lead us into a good discussion. So you started talking about adjustments for someone who is little, and I'm like, you mean like, like short, like too short for equipment? Like got to stand on something? But I think I get what you're talking about here. So somebody who, um, you know, I mean, you, you made it pretty clear about adjustments for, for weight, and you said for things like ascending threes. So let's talk about ascending threes quickly here for those that aren't familiar. So, um, I do have a, uh, a workout program available on the site. If you go to fivestarphysique.com, click on workout plans. One of them is intro to ascending threes. And so this uses the ascending threes protocol. And the way it works is like this. So you'll uh, uh, think of it as kind of like the opposite of a drop set in some extent. So um, you're going to do, let's say, four sets of 10 uh, of an exercise. And let's say you're going to do, we'll go with, you know, dumbbell curls, something like that. 
So four sets of ten. Let's say, okay, you you do your fourth set and you are you topped out at twenty pounds and you got ten quality reps at twenty pound dumbbells. Cool. All right. So under the ascending threes protocol and the way you would see this labeled in the wet on the uh, workout plan is it would say four sets plus ascending threes. So here's what we want to do then. We do the fourth set. We rack the dumbbells up. We wait twenty seconds. Wait. 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 Twenty seconds goes by. You pick those twenties back up. Um, and then you do three reps. You put them back down. You immediately go up to the next heaviest dumbbell. Hopefully, that's a 22 and a half and not a 25. Um, two and a half pound increment weights are a godsend for something like this. And then you do three reps there. You immediately put those down. You go up to the next one in weight. You do three reps here. You put those down. You immediately go up to the next thing, next weight. You do three reps there until you reach absolute and total contractile failure. So some of these reps are going to start looking really ugly. But at the point where you can't get one rep on your own and call it quality, that's when you're done. And then you look at the number that's on that dumbbell and you go back down and you pick something that's just a little less than half of that and you rep that weight out to failure. And that's all done without any kind of a break. So that's what ascending threes look like. So the issue there is let's say you know, like like Emily is saying here, uh, some gyms are going to lend themselves to this better than others, and some exercises will lend themselves to this better than others. It's also key that you move fairly quickly doing this. So, um, like plate-loaded machines, they may lend themselves to this, but if you're by yourself, you're going to spend a lot of time loading plates up and doing plate math, and be like, okay, I need to go up ten pounds here, so let me throw a five here, five here. Okay, where's I had two and a halfs around here? Where'd they go? Somebody else took them. So, plate-loaded stuff can be a real pain in the ass especially since typically you're having to load two sides of a machine, slows you down a little bit. And the idea is, you know, we want to continually go up and wait with the shortest break that we possibly can in between each weight. Um, so with dumbbells, let's say, you know, you're you're going for 20 pounders and, you know, you get, you get 10 good reps at 20. Okay, now you've got to go up to 25. Okay, maybe you can get three, but then you go up to 30, you can't even get one. You know, I mean, that's a big jump, a big jump. Um, so that becomes an issue. So uh, the question is, you know, how do we tackle that? Um, and, and the first thing that I might consider is an exercise substitution. If you see ascending threes in your plan or you want to experiment with this on your own, um, look to where you've actually got um, some options as far as weight goes. And so this may be doing, um, you know, a, a barbell curl or an easy bar curl instead of dumbbells, because then you're using both arms together and you can go up in five pound increments and that's a little bit more reasonable. So if you're topping out at like, you know, 35 pounds, okay, great. Throw a two and a half on each side. Now you're at 40. Now take that off, throw a five on each side. Now you're at 45, throw the two and a half back on. Now you're at 50. And so you can kind of, you know, eke out, a few more quality reps at a few more small jumps in weight doing that. So the first thing that I would recommend is a possible exercise substitution based on the equipment that you have at your gym. Um, if it is a selectorized movement um, where you're using a machine that has a pin in the weight stack where you select the weight, um, then make use of those uh, little tack-on weights that a lot of those machines have. And some like, uh, there's a Life Fitness series that has a little selectable dial where you can, um, you know, the, the weight stack goes up in 20-pound increments, but you can use a little dial to uh, make it jump in 5-pound increments or maybe even less than that. So um, 
that is fantastic because then, I mean, the idea is you want to go up in the smallest increment possible. So make use of that. So if you're pushing something on a selectorized machine and you're pushing, you know, 90 pounds, great. Use that dial, take yourself to 95, 100, 105, 110. And if you get in like, man, I can bang out three weights for like 10, 11, 12 jumps in weight. Great. That is awesome. As many jumps in weight as we can hit, the more productive it's going to be. And then don't forget that drop set at the end. Um, now, you had a great question here, and I probably wouldn't even have thought of this unless you unless you asked it, but possible purchase things to bring in. Yeah, so first of all, um, I always question the wisdom of carrying things like this into the gym just because, um, first of all, they are... Uh, by their nature, their weight, so they're heavy, so they're kind of sucked to carry around. Um, also, some gyms, it depends. They're going to be highly suspicious of you bringing stuff in, and a lot of times people don't want, um, like Gold's Gym around here, they don't want people bringing in their gym bags on the gym floor. I always said, middle finger, screw you guys, I'm doing it anyway, and nobody ever called me out on it. Um, but they, they said, you know, things disappear, you know, people steal stuff out of here. I'm like, who's going to steal dumbbells? I mean, you, you, you dipshit or what? I mean... <laughs> I realize that people do stupid things, but uh, come on, come on. You can check my bag if you want. I don't care, but I, I need my bag. Um, so be mindful that some gyms will be open to this. Like, sure, you can bring your stuff. And some gyms will be like, nope, no outside equipment. Like like a movie theater doesn't allow outside food or drink. So um, check with the front desk and just make sure before you go out and start buying stuff. Like, hey, I want to bring in some like weight additions. Is, is that frowned upon? Is that okay? So a couple of options here. Um, the first one would be if you go onto Amazon, and let me do this right now, just so I can give you some accurate numbers on pricing. So this is a, a slightly more expensive option, and it's not universally going to work. Um, but there are these things called plate mates, um, which are, whoops, let me try and spell that correctly here. Um, okay, what do we need to search for? There we go, plate mate without a space. Um, so these are um, magnetic things that you can stick on dumbbells. And you buy a pair of them. They're one and a quarter pound each. Um, and so like a, a set of them here, Amazon Prime, um, they're hex-shaped. Um, one and a quarter pound magnetic hex weights per pair, 35 bucks. Now for dumbbells, if you want to do an exercise both, both sides together, you need to get two pair of those. So you're talking 70 bucks. So, and that's to basically turn your rack of dumbbells that are in five pound increments into a rack of dumbbell that goes up in two and a half pound increments, which is a great utility. So if you've got the cash to blow, cool. Keep in mind, some of the plastic or rubber-coated dumbbells, these things will not stick to. Um, so depending on the dumbbells that you have, and if you look in the reviews for a lot of these, um, they will say, uh, they'll, they'll say whether or not they stick to certain dumbbells. So... And if you have a little uh, little test magnet you can bring with you and you can just see if it sticks to the end of the dumbbell. If it does, you're in business. If it just falls off, then you're screwed. So um, plate mates are, are a good option. And uh, I used to have a set of those when I was training in person um, just because it was in a small studio that only had things in five-pound increments. I'm like, that ain't good enough. So um, now another thing is... Um, if you are a baseball fan, you are familiar with the little weighted donuts that they put on baseball bats that they'll use for, um, you know, like swinging warm-ups. Um, those also just happen to fit perfectly on Olympic barbells. So, and you can get those in like, you know, six, eight, ten-pound increments. Um, or I'm sorry, 
ounce, six ounces, eight ounces, ten ounces, twelve ounces. Um, they all fit on uh, they all fit on an Olympic barbell. So um, that's a great way, uh, especially like if you're benching and like you can't manage a, a five pound increase, but you might be able to manage a two and a half or a three pound increase. Okay, cool. That that'll get you there. So that's another option. Not super practical for this, but just as far as um, a way to to implement um, implement. Uh, shorter, uh, smaller, uh, increases in weight. That's another way to do it. But plate mates are the most realistic option, but I would say the, the bread and butter solution for this is going to be just some um, smart exercise selection and substitution. All right. What's next? What do we got? Hey, Darren, it's Aaron from Serena, Illinois. Um, I think I have a pretty good question. So, um, what is the ideal cheat meal for, um, for bodybuilders? I hear a lot of People like sushi. Some people like a cheeseburger. Uh, personally, a burger and fries always seems to do the best for me. Um, but I just kind of wanted your input. So love the podcast and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Um, uh, first of all, you're wrong. That was a terrible question. How dare you? Um, I will be the judge of what is a good question here. I'm just kidding. That's actually a really good one. I like that. So an ideal cheat meal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, the two that you hit on there, I would say that's that's pretty common. And you know, my coach in particular, um, she has told me like cheat meal. Here are your options: sushi, burger, and fries. I'm like, huh? That's it? Okay, burger and fries it is because <laughs> uh, sushi. That's not that's not a cheat meal. That's like a, a POW meal. That's like something that they would feed me if I was a, a prisoner of war somewhere. I, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. I, I will take a pass on that. Um, so, yeah, not an option for me. I know a lot of people like that. Great. More power to you. Uh, it, it, is, it is a great cheat meal if, if, you know, that floats your boat. Um, for me, it just makes me think of, you know, wanting to throw up. So, no go. Uh, burger and fries, yeah, absolutely. So, what are the elements of a good cheat meal? So, the things that we want. Um, we want some kind of protein in there. Just because, you know, I, what, what I'm looking to avoid is having just carbs and fats or just carbs, or just fats um, in your gut all at the same time by themselves with nothing else in there, with no complete protein to get digested into the mix. So um, some amount of protein. Now, it doesn't have to be a full serving. If you're a guy and you're typically averaging between 40 and 50 grams per, you have a cheat meal that has 20 to 25 grams, cool, that's fine. You know, don't, don't knock yourself out and say, like, oh, well, I've got to get a double burger just so I get enough protein. Don't worry about it. Um, we want carbs. Um, we want a lot of carbs. Um, we want a good bit of fats. I'm a big fan of working in some saturated fats as well. So therefore cheeseburgers are really good for that. Um, I'm also a big fan of sodium. Let's work in a little bit of a sodium bomb here just because uh, sodium helps with muscle contraction. And you know, what we're trying to do for, from a cheat meal is a few things. The first, and I think one of the things that people really think of is just, you know, it's your sanity meal. It's for your mental health. It gives you something to look forward to. It's a little carrot that's been dangling out in front of you all week to kind of, you know, urge you into a state of compliance. And so great. Now, uh, great. I did all that stuff. Now give me this, um, that kind of thing. And so, okay, great. Now there's nothing physiological about that. That's all mental, which is not to discount it, but it doesn't, um, doesn't factor into what makes it, it's not part of the equation for what makes something an ideal cheat meal. So what we're looking to do first and foremost is we're looking for a caloric spike. 
So especially when you're on a deficit, the goal here is to get a caloric spike to help uh, raise your leptin levels, which is going to help your overall metabolic functioning. So the longer you diet, the slower your metabolism gets unless you provide in a spike through either a refeed or a cheat meal like that. So we've got to get a caloric surplus. So if you are taking out a meal from your plan that is typically 300 calories and you're replacing it with a 450 calorie cheat meal, you aren't really doing shit you're not getting any kind of significant leptin spike, which is not to say you have to replace that with a 2,500 calorie meal, but it's got to be a significant enough bump that your body will know the difference. Um, so the, that's the other thing is, you know, we've got to make sure there are enough calories in there. Beyond that, I want a complete protein. I want some, I want a lot of carbs. I want some fats and I love some saturated fats in there. I want some sodium. So the other thing that we're looking for out of this is performance and it's going to be short term, a short term performance boost, but you take in some calories like that. There's two ways that this could play out. One is, um, like if you have a cheat meal late at night, you sleep and then you wake up, there's a lot of individuality that plays into this, but some people will just be like in digestive hell, like their body is still digesting and they're just sluggish and like, Ugh, zombie mode kind of, um, and, and it, it's a struggle. So what that tells me is there was something in there. Maybe it was just too many calories or there was something in there that your body didn't agree with. So we should figure out what that is. You know, if you're a little gluten sensitive and you opted for pizza, okay. Um, maybe with a, we go with a gluten-free crust next time and see. Um, if you're a little lactose intolerant and you had something with a lot of dairy like pizza, maybe that could be a possible issue and something we'd want to change out last time. So all this to say, pizza isn't really a great great cheat meal. I mean, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's my favorite thing in the world. But as far as food quality and hitting the mark for a cheat meal, it's going to have more red flags in there just because there are things in there that cause some people um, more digestive difficulty. And so it's just easier to make a blanket statement like we're going to leave that out. You know, gluten and dairy. Yeah. So we get a burger and fries, so we've got gluten in the bun, we've got dairy and the cheese on that, but they're in more limited quantities rather than a pizza, which has loads of both. So, um, and again, it depends on how sensitive you are, if you are at all. If you're not sensitive to it at all and you can knock out a pizza and um, feel fine the next day, all right, cool. Um, and, you know, I, I consider myself in that category, but nonetheless, I followed coach's orders and uh, stuck with a, a, every cheat meal during my prep was burger and fries. So, um, but uh, we're looking for that short-term performance boost as well that comes from the calories. And um, one of the things that I'm looking for in that is sodium, um, just because sodium helps aid in muscle contraction, especially if you have higher concentrations of it in your blood, assuming you don't have any kind of medically necessary reason to keep your sodium levels moderate, like a history in your family of hypertension, um, heart disease, et cetera, things like that. So if you don't have anything like that, great. You should be on a relatively high sodium diet most of the time anyway, like a little above average. And and if we throw in a nice spike, something like this with, you know, some really salty fries, some really well seasoned food, um, that will help as well. So those are the things that I'm looking for. So, um, yeah, sushi, good burger and fries. Great. Absolutely. Um, anything else on top of that? Like if you go for a, uh, like a sugary dessert, um, not necessarily a problem, but not necessarily helping us in a biological, um, way, but a physiological way. So, um, that's my approach. So. And the, the one thing that I tell people on cheat meals is you know, avoid stuff that you know disagrees with your body. Um, I have somebody who, you know, she knows whenever she eats bread, she pays for it for several days. Um, so what happened on Thanksgiving? She had bread. Okay, cool. Well, now she paid for it for several days. And I'm like, you know, the, the analogy that I make there is 
you're going to write that check. Are you going to be okay when somebody cashes it? You know, writing it's the easy part. Um, how are you going to feel once they cash it and you check your bank account after that? So same thing here. You know, you're going to eat that bread. How are you going to feel afterwards? And if you're like, you know what, I'm going to feel like crap, but it's worth it. You make that call. Um, so it's not necessarily going to impact your performance or I'm sorry, it's not going to impact your progress in the long term. It may impact your performance in the short term, which may get in your head a little bit and you start beating yourself up. Oh God, why did I do that? I made a stupid decision. I, I feel like garbage. And now we, we start down an unproductive path, which kind of snowballs. So that would be, um, know yourself, know your, your body and what it responds, um, well to and what it responds adversely to. And then, uh, know your, your thought patterns and your, 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 uh, self-criticism habits as well. Um, and if, if you know that, you know, your overall mental health and your opinion of yourself is going to be better when you physically feel better, then I think it's definitely more important to avoid things that uh, cause interruptions in that in a cheat meal. So avoid those foods that you know your body doesn't respond well to. That's that's my overriding um, advice that I give to clients when it comes to cheat meals is avoid the stuff that you know throws your body for a loop and you know that you don't digest, don't process well, have a sensitivity to uh, anything like that. So... Uh, man, those were some good questions. So I've got a few more in the tank. I'm going to save them for Monday. So um, call in over the weekend. So today, um, Saturday, Sunday, early on Monday might still make the cut. And let's see what we can do. Let's see how long you can get me talking on Monday. So call in 865-518-2974. Let's get some more entries in here. Let's thin the ranks a little bit for this raffle. Um, but we've got more coming here. Um, we'll do it on Monday. We'll knock all of them out. So keep me busy on Monday. Load me up with some questions. Let's see what we can do. I will wish everybody a fantastic weekend. I hope everybody stays productive um, on their plans, doing whatever you're doing don't forget to relax a little bit enjoy some family time go catch a movie be a normal human being do all that kind of stuff as well so in the meantime peace out until monday i'll check in with you all back then we'll finish off this q a blitz and close out the raffle as well <laughs>